tonight, God's Word comes to us from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 1. Luke 1. We're going to begin our reading at verse 39 of that chapter, and then read through verse 56. Luke, chapter 1, beginning at verse 39. What we hear now is God's Word. In those days, Mary arose and went with haste into the hill country to a town in Judah. And she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And she exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women. And blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why is this granted to me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. For behold, from now on all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is for those who fear him. From generation to generation, he has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. He has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham, and to his offspring forever. And Mary remained with her about three months and returned to her home. Here we end the reading of God's holy word. Well, it's a wonderful night of joy and celebration tonight. As we gather to sing songs of praise to God, as we gather to hear his word read and proclaimed to us once again. Singing is often part of our Christmas tradition. Uh, We have the blessing of having our four children coming home this year, and we will certainly spend time around the piano, uh, singing together the glorious songs of praise to God. Tonight, we look at a song uh, given to us in the Word of God, a song that we could maybe refer to as the very first Christmas carol, A song that comes from Mary, often referred to as the Magnificat, that song in Luke chapter 1. It's a a song that reminds us, uh, once again, of what it is that we celebrate this Christmas season. A time uh, that focuses on Jesus Christ, who he is, and what he has done for his people. And and as we look at this song, it's a song that might... um, surprise us just a bit. 
Mary says a number of things that God will do which are rather unexpected. Throughout the song, we have a number of of reversals that Mary speaks about, and we'll look at those together as we go through this song. Things go differently than we might expect. Uh, Tonight, we look at Mary's Christmas carol. Remember the occasion for this song, uh, Mary has been told that Elizabeth would have a, have a baby back in chapter 30, or verse 36 of this chapter. Uh, the angel says, and behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son, and this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. We pick up our reading at 39. So in those days, Mary arose, went with haste to the hill country, and she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. She goes there to visit her relative. The angel has told her, your relative is expecting. She's in her sixth month already. And Mary wants to go to spend time with her and bless her for for having this wonderful gift given to her. And what happens in verse 41, And when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leapt in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. She hears the greeting of Mary. And and. and And so powerful is Jesus Christ, hearing that greeting come through his mother, that that even Elizabeth's unborn child has a sense of what's going on, recognizing something special is happening here. Her response in verse 42, uh, and she exclaimed with a loud cry, blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. Mary came to be a blessing to Elizabeth, to be a blessing to her. And what does Elizabeth say? Blessed are you! Blessed are you. A reversal. What's not expected? Blessed are you for what God is doing and for the child which you are carrying, the fruit of your womb. You are fulfilling the Old Testament expectations. They were looking for the coming of a Messiah, looking for the one promised by God throughout the Old Testament scriptures, and now that promised one is here. Blessed are you, Mary. Blessed is the fruit of your womb, your son. She doesn't talk about her own son. Blessed is your son and the fact that he will come forth. Verse 31, Mary could think back to the words of the angel. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son. You shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever. In his kingdom, there will be no end. She could recall those words and be blessed by Elizabeth. Blessed is the fruit of your womb, the one God has promised to you the one who will be son of the Most High, on the throne of David. We've talked about David's throne, that great king and his kingdom. His kingdom will be an eternal kingdom. Elizabeth says, verse 43, And why is this granted to me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? Why am I so favored? Why am I so blessed as Elizabeth? Now, from a purely human point of view, from a purely human point of view, Elizabeth's child is much more surprising than Mary's child, from a purely human point of view. Mary is an unwed mother going to have a baby. That's not so unusual. Elizabeth 
old, barren, unable to have children. From a human point of view, that's the more miraculous child. But we have to see the text from God's point of view. No, it is the child of Mary. The, the older woman blesses the younger woman. Talks about Mary's child and what God will do through him. Again, from verse 45, For behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy, and blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. Blessed, blessed is she who believed. I can't help but wonder if in the back of Elizabeth's mind she recalls her own husband not believing. Her own husband who is yet silent at this point because he didn't believe the word of the Lord. Blessed are you, Mary, for you believed. You believe what the angel said to you. The priest didn't believe. The virgin does. Truly, truly someone blessed by God. Mary's Christmas Carol, a song from a blessed mother. But notice how Mary responds to that in verse 45. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. For behold, from now on, generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. Elizabeth says, blessed are you. Mary says, blessed is God. She turns that that adoration of her and brings it to God himself. My soul magnifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. Yeah, people will call me blessed, but it's because God is at work. Because God has done mighty and great things for me. Holy is his name. Mary takes the praise and turns it into praise to God. We refer to this text as the song of Mary. But it's not the song about Mary. It's the song from Mary, a song sung in praise to a holy God, a song which focuses on him and on what he was doing in her life and in the life of his people. It's a reminder for us tonight to, 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 to focus our attention at this time of year on Jesus Christ, on what he is doing, on what he has done. It's so easy for us to get distracted with all the busyness of the year and things going on and wonderful things going on, but to lose, lose focus on the real reason that we celebrate this time of year, lose focus on the real meaning of Christmas. I saw a story on the news uh, this past week, some, uh, some uh, uh, celebrity of some sort uh, also bemoaning the fact that we've lost focus on the real meaning of Christmas. So many other things around. We've lost focus on the real meaning of Christmas. And so the interviewer asked, asked the person, well, well, what is? What is the real meaning of Christmas? Well, the real meaning of Christmas is family and giving. That's the meaning of Christmas. Christmas is a family day. It's a day for giving. Now, now family and giving are wonderful things, but they are not the real meaning of Christmas. Christmas is about 
Jesus Christ. It is about the power of God answering into humanity. One who would leave the glories of heaven and would come to earth, to a fallen earth, to live in the midst of his people. A great reversal. The holy God, the righteous son of God, comes down and lives and dwells among sinful, fallen men. In just a few minutes, we're going to sing another one of the songs from the Trinity Psalter that talks about that reversal. Thou who wast rich beyond all splendor, all for love's sake, became as poor. Thrones for a manger did surrender. Sapphire paved courts for stable floor. Thou who wast rich beyond all splendor, all for love's sake became as poor. Thou who art God beyond all praising, all for love's sake became as man, stooping so low, but sinners raising heavenward by thine eternal plan. Thou who art God beyond all praising, all for love's sake becamest man. That's what we celebrate in the incarnation at Christmas time. The great reversal, the holy God, the eternal God, the eternal Son leaves the glories of heaven, leaves the sapphire courts, and comes to stable, and lives and dwells among sinful, fallen men and women. That's the heart of Christmas. That's the meaning of Christmas. What Jesus Christ has done for his people. Mary goes on in her song of praise to God, verse 51. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud and the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. The mighty brought down, the humble exalted. Another great reversal. Scattering the proud, those who think too much of themselves. And we can see that throughout history in the Old Testament. How God brings down the proud. We think of Pharaoh in the Old Testament. Pharaoh, king of Egypt. Pharaoh, the one who rules over all. And he ends up having to listen to Moses, the slave. And when Pharaoh refuses to listen, his hosts are drowned in the sea. We think of great King Nebuchadnezzar, who one day looks out on his kingdom, look at all of this I have built. And God comes to him and he is forced to live outside and eat grass like an ox. God brings the mighty down we think of his, his successor, Belshazzar, who took, who took the, 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 the royal uh, blessed implements from the table of God, the temple of God, and brought them into his own dining room and used them for profane purposes. And there's handwriting on the wall, tonight you will lose your kingdom. That's exactly what happens. The mighty brought down. And God exalts those of humble estate. Mary and Elizabeth, neither should be having children, and both given sons from God, 
Elizabeth, who would bear the forerunner of the Christ, who would bear the Elijah spoken about in the prophecy of Malachi, and Mary, who would be the mother of our Lord. They were, they were prefigured earlier in the scriptures. Hannah, Hannah, one who was also barren, and who would be given a son, who would be Samuel, the great worker among God's people. Esther, relative of a slave who becomes queen. God brings down the proud, but he exalts those of humble estate. Reminder for us tonight to truly humble ourselves before God, not to think too highly of who we are. Do not trust in ourselves, do not trust in what we can do, but trust in God. He is the one who, who brings down the mighty, but exalts those who are humble. He is the one who, the song says, verse 53, he fills the hungry with good things, and the rich he has sent away empty. Again, surprising, shocking. The hungry are filled, the rich are sent away empty. Now, the rich always get what they want. The rich can buy anything that they want to have. But the song says the rich are sent away empty. This song anticipates a encounter in Jesus' life when a rich young man will come to him and say, what do I need to inherit eternal life? And Jesus will talk with him and eventually he will say, you need to give away what you have and come and follow me. And the text says he went away empty because he had too much. The rich sent away but the hungry are filled. That hunger is not simply physical hunger, of course, that is a spiritual hunger. Jesus says in Matthew 5, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. What? For they will be satisfied. Those who hunger and thirst for the things of God will be satisfied. What do you want for Christmas this year? What's on your Christmas list? Do we hunger and thirst and desire a greater devotion to our Lord, a greater pursuit of righteousness in our life? If that is our desire, God is one who fills that, who satisfies that. The hungry leave with good things, but the rich are sent away empty. And then this last portion of the psalm, verse 54. He has helped his servant Israel. He has helped his servant Israel. What's the job of a servant, kids? What's the job of a servant? The job of a servant is to help the master. That's what a servant does. A servant works for and helps his master. What do we read here? God has helped his servant. The master comes and helps the servant. A huge reversal. God comes to help his people in remembrance of his mercy. God remembers his people. 
Again, in the Old Testament, that idea of God remembering isn't just simply calling to mind, but remembering for their blessing. When Noah is placed in the ark and the floodwaters come, eventually we read in in, in Genesis chapter 8, and God remembers Noah, and God cares for him for his good. When Joseph is in prison, he says to those with him, when you get out, remember me, remember me for good. God remembers his people in his mercy. God blesses his people. The master comes down as a servant. We see that in Jesus Christ. The king, the ruler, the creator comes down from heaven to serve his people. That greatest reversal the holy, righteous Son of God would go all the way to death on a cross that we who are fallen, we who are sinful, we who are lost might have life in Him. That's what we celebrate at Christmas time. The coming of Jesus Christ, God Himself coming down, the Master coming to serve His people and to secure for us life eternal. It is that glorious truth, it is that glorious message that once again we declare tonight. God continues that wonderful work. He has sent his son down. And for all who put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ, for all who embrace Jesus Christ by faith, you can truly enter into the celebration of this Christmas carol of Mary. You can truly know this wonderful God who calls us to praise him. Mary, not taking the the, the credit to herself, look what God has done. Look what he continues to do. Maybe not be distracted this Christmas season by many other things, but see what God has done in Jesus Christ. Verse 50 says, For his mercy, his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. God keeps working. He keeps calling his people to himself, and he calls you once again tonight. If you have never embraced Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, then, then tonight is the night that by God's grace you might say, Jesus Christ, I do believe in you, this this child of Mary, this promised one, this one that, that caused her not to take credit to herself, but to bring glory to God, that you too might join in this wonderful song, bringing praise to God this Christmas season. Let's join together in prayer. Lord our God, how thankful we are to you that we can sing songs of praise to you, even as Mary did, not uh, songs that say how great we are, O God, but songs that say how great you are, your grace, your, your mercy, your kindness to us. Thank you, O God, for the work of your Son, Jesus Christ. Thank you that he was willing to leave the glories of heaven, to come down to earth, that great reversal for him, the Master coming to to live as a servant to his people. Lord God, may we truly embrace that truth, love that truth, and rejoice in that glorious truth, the true meaning of Christmas during this Christmas season. Hear our prayer, O God, for Jesus' sake. Amen.